Hi everyone, Robbie here. I'm proud to announce my newest novel, The Split Circle, is available now on Amazon.com. It's $2.99 for the ebook, $9.99 for the paperback, and available to read for free with Kindle Unlimited. Here's a brief description. In the small, rundown European town of Prov, the cult of soccer dominates, and losing a game could cost you your soul. Referee Tyler Kenson is a scapegoat. Framed in a scandal, Tyler is hired in Krav to lay low. But Krav is more than just another sport-obsessed town. Fans take to the streets at night in red, hooded robes. They chant in an unrecognizable language. The faithful conduct strange rituals, all in service to victory on the field. And one symbol hangs over everything. The split circle. The sigil hangs throughout the town, revered by young and old alike. It represents the town and its team, and after seeing it, Tyler is having visions. Visions of sacrifice and blood. As the season wears on and the mysteries stack up, Tyler finds himself tighter in Krav's grasp. Tyler must unravel the secrets of Krav, or face what awaits inside the split circle. Again, it's great for fans of horror mysteries and stories about cults, and I hope you check it out. everybody this is the simpsons show i'm robbie with my co-host matt and we are here to talk about the simpsons from the beginning matt how are you robbie i'm pretty sure this entire episode was it was supposed to be an airbud movie and they just realized the script wasn't going to cut it that is so it's airbud movies are way better than this bad one like even though I, exactly even, like, this is a bad airbud movie and it's not long enough let's make it do a simpsons episode even like for like even like when you get to like the fourth or fifth airbud movie or the the buddies and Sp- space buds i think is one the last the most recent one they go to space i think that happened it's not that i there might be a fever dream on my part but i'm not sure uh it's way better than this track hi guys we are brought to you by supporters on patreon you can support us by going to patreon.com slash the simpsons show for only $2 a month, you can gain access to all of our bonus content. We have a person to thank, Matthew. All right. Sarah Lenga. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. This week's episode is Old Yeller Belly. Episode EABF14, originally aired May 4th, 2003. Written by John Frink and Don Payne. Directed by Bob Anderson. Received a 11.59 rating overall. Good for 32nd on the week. My chalkboard, let's see, my, the chalkboard gag, my, my pen is not a booger launcher. Yeah. How's, okay, I'm not going to ask. The couch gag, uh, in a parody of the photograph, lunchtime atop a skyscraper, the family's dressed as construction workers in the early 20th century and are sitting on a girder watching television. It's the best part of this episode. Probably, I would say. Yep, the best part. Yeah. This is, this, yeah, this true. eight seconds of them doing this little bit about this old, old dimey picture best part of the episode uh this is guys this episode is a rough one guys so buckle up uh this episode guest stars stacy keach as howard k duff remember howard k duff i do he's back seventh he's back uh john kassir pog form (laughs) he's no pog form don't even we don't even give this episode that reference matt it doesn't deserve it bart sells his soul is a masterpiece this is bottom of the barrel trash does not even deserve mention. Uh, John Kassir plays various animals in this episode. He is better known as the Crypt Keeper. I like Tales from the Crypt. It was very good for the early 90s. What do you mean that? What does that mean for the early 90s? It was a good show. I was, it's a good I, show overall. There's a chance I might not even be doing what I'm doing. I'm being a horror writer if I didn't watch a lot of Tales from the Crypt and it didn't disturb and distort my brain in very specific ways. It was the yin to Simpsons Yang. Uh... Uh, okay guys i'm gonna i'm gonna just gonna lay my cards out on the table this episode has no plot literally none no this episode is a basically a hey we're gonna tilt the status quo slightly and then we're gonna tilt it back and that's the whole thing but there's no it's just a series of things happening like we've talked about this in the past few seasons a lot of the scullieres even in especially in season 14 still is the inciting incident to the inciting incident to the inciting incident all this episode is is inciting incidents. There is no actual plot. They never get to one. It just keeps th- new things keep happening, and then eventually at the end they just erase it all. Like a lot of it does concern Sansla Helper and Snowball too to an extent, but none of them make sense together. None of them connect the dots. I'm just gonna try and me and Matt are gonna try and give you an order of events and describe this episode as it happens. I don't think any of it's gonna. I can't. 
I can't piece it all. I, I watch this thing. I don't know what's happening. I can't. I I literally watched this last night. Already forgotten any semblance of how things connect because they don't. Episode begins with boys in the treehouse. Uh, the hole in the underwear gang. Oof. Is that's a name? Is, all right. Is this like Little Rascals kind of? Is that is going for Little Rascals or something like that? I think that's what they're going for. Something along those lines, like a nineteen fifties or sixties gang. Okay, well, because we so yeah, Bart Bart Martin, Milhouse Nelson, and Data is that database? Yeah, it is database, and I think they just needed an extra guy. Like this is obviously uh, modeled on something. They're like, well, we have this number of people. Who else can we throw in here? It's like probably not one of the bullies. They're too old or whatever. So database, database is here. It's nice to see database. I guess there's that. Um. So they're in a treehouse. They're doing boys in a treehouse things. Uh, they try and spy on Lisa and her friends having a tea party. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Teacher hit me with a ruler. I cracked her in the bean with a frozen jelly bean. And she ain't my teacher no more. Because she's dead. Mr. Secretary, can you read the minutes of our last meeting? Girls are yucky, seconded and carried. A fart was detected. Martin denied it, and so was ruled to have supplied it. Good. Security officer, anything on the scope? (laughs) These back pants have been shredded by the Riddler. No, just your ass. That's what I call my ass. Oh, Lisa's having a tea party. If I understand the female mind, and I do, they're plotting against us. We've got to get audio. Ah, I'm on it. Janie, more tea? Operation Ladybug is a go. Over. I think they just had, they wanted more of the database voice, despite how annoying it is. (laughs) So... Because they could have had Millhouse wander over and do that. Why, why database? They just database is there. It's fine. It doesn't. Uh, trying to like asking why in this episode. I'm gonna do it. I know I am because it's my nature. But it's a fool's errand. There, there is no why. I think for most of this, it's just because they came up with a joke to fit in, and they needed these specific things to happen. I guess. Um, Lisa's having a tea party with Jeannie, Terry, and Sherry. So database has carried a can on a string over to the tea party, put in the window so they could listen on the tea party. Lisa and the girls notice that I'm trying to describe this order of events because it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> make sense. It's all nonsense. There's so much cartoon logic in this episode. And yeah, it's it's like a goofy cartoon. It's 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 like I uh, whew, okay. So they they grab the end of this tin can on a on a string. Boys grab the other end. Start having a tug of war back and forth. I don't know why. It's just a tin can. You can make another one. You want more string, more tin cans? No, those are very Robbie. Those were all taken for the war effort. Uh, uh, the war effort? Which war are we talking yeah. about? World War Two. Obviously, this this whole episode takes place during World War Two, did it? Doesn't it? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Uh, so they pull back and forth, and then I'm going to describe what happens, Matt. The girls pull and the boys pull they go back and forth they put so much pressure on the tree and the tree house that the tree house explodes falls apart disintegrates pieces of tr- pieces of tree house everywhere how does it happen because it's a very poorly constructed tree house and all you have to do is hit it in exactly the right spot and it all just explodes okay so now okay so here's this could be I'm going to say this like probably 15 times during this episode, but first time, this could be the plot of this episode. And if they, if that was the case, I for, forgive it. Who cares that the little kid, little kids aren't going to destroy a treehouse like this. Who cares? Cause at least we get to a plot relatively quickly because Hey, the treehouse is destroyed. We need a new treehouse. So that could be a plot to an episode. And then there's a bunch of, conflicts arising from whatever reason so and maybe that's what's gonna i i don't and i will say this in my experience rewatching this episode i don't remember any of it Matt. i don't remember anything in this episode literally so maybe that's i remember it. the shark and that was about it oh no 
Whew, that's a bad thing to remember. Duff so, McShark. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going on in this episode. So Homer says, I'm going to build a new treehouse. So we get a basically maybe a minute and a half of a bunch of treehouse building, like a kind of a mon. There's a lot of montages in this episode. A lot of them. And here's the one of them where Homer and Bart are like playing around. They're going to get uh, stuff for the treehouse. They're building a treehouse, ending with Marge realizing treehouse is not going to get built and calling in some help. I'm impressed that you drew up blueprints, but these are for a go-kart track. Mm. Did Frank Lloyd Wright have to deal with people like you? Actually, Frank Lloyd Wright endured a lot of harsh criticism. Look, I have no idea who Frank Lloyd Wright is. He said his name two seconds ago. I was just putting words together. <laughs> gotcha. Well, you can play a dead game. Oh. Oh, oh, that's it. You are going down. Ah, damn it! That treehouse is never gonna get built at this rate. Time to call in the pros. Didst thou hear that, Isaac? Aye, someone needs the Amish to the buggy mobile. Oh, Robbie, you didn't have the whole. It's sequence where the, the Amish assemble? No, I did not include the Batman references of the Amish. <laughs> so, in that clip, we heard Bart fill Homer's mouth with caulk, and then Marge rang a bell, and the Amish, dozens of Amish people, dozens of them, came over to the Simpsons' house and built them a gigantic treehouse. Not exaggerating. That is the 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 most plain description of what ha- ju- what happens next in this episode. Is the Amish a does dozens of Amish build the Simpsons a treehouse? Why? Because Robbie, they needed some way to get this built, but they've already shown Homer to be incompetent, so obviously he can't build it. And that was the stupidest joke they could think of. They succeed. They're, it's not that they're, they could done way super things in this episode, but yeah, the Amish come, a bunch of Amish come and build them a treehouse. We don't know why they do it. They just do it. Like, that's the fastest way. That, why? I, okay. So, the Amish build them a treehouse. It's huge. They have, then they have a grand opening for this treehouse. And all of Springfield is there, apparently. Well, of course, it's the uh, opening of the week month i don't know springfield doesn't have a whole lot going on socially i what? mean what? maybe they were not they just got out of isolation too this is the whole the first thing that happened as soon as they got out of isolation i just don't know like there's no reason any of this is happening why are they holding a grand opening why are like why because they needed a some reason for this to burn down they needed some event where a homework could very publicly be saved by the cat and not the dog and this is the best they could come up with okay so there is an electrical fire almost right away because literally no scene in this episode lasts for longer than like a minute. Anything as soon as any there's any semblance of two characters in a place together talking, we immediately cut away to something else. It we, nothing can be stationary for more than six seconds. We have to keep moving more stuff to happen, more crap, random garbage. So as soon as the party starts, literally we get like 30 second montage of the party and then Electrical fire. Because the Amish, I uh, get it? They don't know about electricity. They don't understand electricity. They can't plug things in. Ha ha ha. So, the treehouse was on fire. Everyone runs. Because it's a fire. Get out. Makes sense to me. Homer gets trapped inside. And then we get a scene where Santa's little helper runs away, doesn't help Homer, and then gets vilified for it. Oh, thank God, the dog's here. Pull me free, boy. Don't be scared. You can do it. Hey, where are you going? I'm your pal. I took you for a walk once. (laughs) 
Family headcount. Pointy, pointy, spiky, stylish. <gasps> Where's Baldy? <laughs> Flames, searing pain, a black cat? I must be in heaven. Homie, get out of that treehouse! Move the net under the window! There's no net! Ah! I always thought cats were just for losers who live in apartments until my life was saved by this sweet little kitty. But as for you, Santa's little helper, you are a selfish coward and a bad dog. Get out and stay out. Robbie, you sound speechless. Why does Homer hate the dog? Because the dog didn't uh, just didn't jeopardize its life to save him. Obviously, no one else did either. Now every single other person ran. No, but the dog is supposed to be, you know, man's best friend and obviously would give up its life for his in a, a, a heartbeat. I would, if Homer believes that he's a complete idiot, I don't like, and the, and I, there is no cat on earth that would run back into a fire. No, because that's stupid. Only humans would do that. Yeah. Even most dogs would be like, nah. No, most animals would see the incredible danger and avoid it. And because their in, in, instincts would overwhelm it, any other conscious decision. And so all this has happened. So all this has happened uh, in the blink of, in the eight in eight minutes. We've gotten treehouse. Treehouse falls down. Amish rebuild treehouse. Treehouse party. Fire in the treehouse. Suddenly, Santa's little helper doesn't rescue Homer. Snowball two rescues Homer. Span of eight and minutes. He really doesn't rescue him. Just wakes him up by scratching him. Yeah, he scratches his face and wakes him up. And Homer just jumps out of the treehouse. All this stuff happens, and Homer by and where we've gotten to by the end of this episode, end of this first act, after eight minutes of this of this of this episode, Homer. It's just to get to, so that Homer hates Sansla Helper now, and ultimately doesn't matter. None of this matters. Mm-hmm. We got a commercial whatsoever because that's all, that's all that's all we get to. Uh, we come back to a commercial to find oh. Uh, now it is a hero cat, and everyone loves Snowball 2 so darn much. Our little hero sure likes Kaloa and Cream. Quit following me, you coward! You heard him, Fleabag. Get out of my bar, you're unsanitary. Oh, how precious the cat's sitting in my dinner. No, no, don't get up, sweetheart. I'll just, I'll just pick around you. Here we go. Mmm. <laughs> So as anyone who has a cat knows, that is exactly the correct behavior a cat would happen. Oh, you're having dinner? Let me just eat it and then sit down in the remains of it. So at least they got their cat behavior correct. Yeah, I, sure. Why does this matter? Why does this matter, man? None of it matters. At this point, we see uh, uh, Thobal 2 being carried down the road and being cheered. Uh, The Mary Quimby renames a park after her. All the other dogs, Hayes Sanders will help her now because he's given them a bad name. And this is this is the new status quo for Springfield. Uh, it, it's gotten to the point where Homer decides, oh, I am now a cat person before his TV interview about what happened. Mr. Simpson, how long have you been a cat person? All my life, Kent. I prefer catsup to ketchup. And to me, Yusuf Islam will always be Cat Stevens. <laughs> Terrific stuff. You must really love the Broadway musical Cats. God, no, it sucks. Seems like you're quite the animal lover. Do you have any other pets? A dog, perhaps? Kent, let me make this perfectly clear. I have no dog. Strong words. Strong words from a strange man. So, yes, at least Homer's correct. Cats is terrible. Uh, The movie has proven that. Uh, But uh, as we can see, Homer is basically telling in here that he has no dog. He's disowning the dog because the dog did not risk its life to save him. This, see, all of this. Everything in this episode is in service to this one moment, because this one oh, yes. moment is the hinge upon what a later, a later, I would hesitate to call it a plot, a later thing that happens needs this to happen first. So they do that. They have all this 
preamble just to get Homer on recorded on video saying he has no dog. Why? I'm going to ask you a question, man. Am I to assume that Springfield takes place in a reality adjacent to ours? I mean, I don't think adjacent. I think several rows down. I'm supposed to recognize these as human beings on television? Or something akin to them, yes. <laughs> okay. Why is everyone cheering a cat? As because it... the cat scratched somebody, obviously, and they're very excited about that. Why does a mayor rename a park after a cat? Why is Quimby... Why did... They don't They don't tell us... They don't show us, like, oh, because Snowball 2 saved, saved Homer. And so the whole town cares? Yes, because apparently it's so unusual for an animal to help a person. Okay. I just... It's just... This is all just plot contrivance it's all hand waving like they don't they don't do any any work to establish anything it's just stuff yep it's just stuff that happens and we're gonna get through that mm-hmm. so uh after homer renounces uh his ownership of the dog uh bart and lisa try to coach santa's little helper on how to be heroic uh they show him uh, an old Rin Tin Tin uh, video where Rin Tin Tin attacks Hitler because apparently that's that's how it works now. And of course, then the mailman stops by who has dark hair and a Hitler mustache and, and holds the mail above his head. So Santa's little helper attacks the mailman and we get a poor downtrodden mailman saying, oh, shucks. I, the wife said I should get a mustache, that I would look good with a mustache, blah, blah, blah. Oh, my God. Shut up, please. I, so, I at this point in the notes I wrote is this a parody of the Simpsons because it kind of seems like it why is why are they teaching Sansel Helper how to be heroic because they they feel bad for Sansel Helper and want him to be back to part of the the gang I guess I, I mean that's true I guess I guess that's true <laughs> it, 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 being generous that's true but what I'm I'm asking really Matt is why is it in this episode I don't know Robbie why is anything in this episode? Like you said, none of this matters. It's pointless. I that's what I'm saying. Is that I'm trying to I'm using I'm trying to prove a point here, Matt. Is in if you're going to have a scene where Bart and Lisa are teaching Sales to help her to be heroic, that means you're going to later in the episode reference that scene cuz Sales to is going to learn something. He's like, "Oh, I I'm, I'm taking after Rin Tintin. I'm going to be a rogue dog. I'm going to go save someone. And then if this episode made any like a sense, that's how he would win back Homer's love. He would well, go. Yes, but that's would, asking a lot. He, it's not asking a lot. I can't. It is. It is the bare minimum for your television show to make sense. That is the bare minimum. It is not asking a lot. They should be ashamed of this. This is the worst episode in regards to that yet, Matt. Okay? We've watched a lot of terrible episodes of The Simpsons so far. There's still a lot of terrible ones to come. But this is the mo- the laziest, most inconsequential. There's nothing of substance at any point in this episode. They just have scenes where they go, oh, we're going to have a scene where Bar- Bart and Lisa educate Sansa Helper about how to be heroic so that he can, you know theoretically be a hero dog but he never becomes a hero dog they just veer off into another then why is this scene here you don't have to be a smart person to recognize these things nope Whew. yes so let's get back to the quote-unquote plot <laughs> uh we then see Stannis little helper trying to re-ingratiate himself with homer and failing because homer for some reason starts to eat a burger Decides he wants a beer, and so he puts the burger down on the ground where the dog can get to it. So predictably, the dog does what dogs do and eats the burger. And of course, when Homer gets back, he's so mad and ends up leaving and leaving his beer behind. So Santa's little helper, for some reason, like starts to play with the beer and eventually like runs around with it on his nose while he's on his hind legs. So cute. Um, sure. Uh, luckily for this plot, because it's required to happen, a newspaper reporter is walking by and says, oh, this is adorable. I've got to, you know, take this picture. And then, haha, the dog stops doing it. And the reporter says, oh, that was a once in a lifetime shot. And then he sets it up so it happens again. Funny, funny stuff. And then at that point, we see, oh, you know, the picture's in the paper. Everyone's laughing. Oh, this dog loves beer. Ha ha ha. Yay. 
Like I, I don't know why this is a plot point. It's it's a little it's more than a little weird. It's just odd at best. I because they need to get to another inciting incident. They need to get to another like isn't it enough that Homer now like that's a plot, guys. Just settle. Have it. Homer now loves Snowball too, and Sandler's a helper wants to earn the back Homer's love. That is enough of a plot, but it's not enough because now we have to jump to another thing, another random crap thing. With sure, Sandler's a helper is there. It's not connected. It has nothing to do with Homer because now we gotta go. Now we have like a Duff. Now we're gonna have Duff involved in this episode for some reason. Yeah, because we we had to we had to have a temporary. Uh, return to form for Santa's little helper. That, that's the point of this. It makes no sense, but it's what they're trying to get to here. It's like, oh, let's make Santa's little helper, you know, famous so the Simpsons want him again, or at least want to show him up kind of thing. I'm just shaking my head, man. I'm not, like, I don't have words. I'm just shaking my head. I'm just like, I... Good. Well, you want to as I continue to move on and plow through this as fast as we possibly can. So, uh, HK Duff the seventh. Uh, Stacy Keach, as we said at the beginning of the episode, uh, sees this picture and it's like, oh, yeah, this is great. This will be our new mascot since Duffman is terrible. And I guess Duffman has become a fat drunk uh, since the last time we saw him. So he is immediately fired. And we get a joke about his kids who are part of a Super Bowl promotion at some point. It's it's terrible. But the point is that uh, Santa's Little Helper is now Suds McDuff and is now the Duff mascot because – Hey, look, a dog that likes beer. Never mind that this dog is probably not trained to act in any way, and it'd be very difficult for that to work, but whatever. This is what we're going to go with. Uh, we then get a short bit about the contract and all the perks of being the owners of Suds McDuff. According to this contract, we have to change his name to Suds McDuff. I don't care if his name is Boney McDork. Just make the checks out to me. It also says we will receive royalties in perpetuity, a bottomless keg of beer, and unlimited use of the Duff corporate jet. Corporate jet? Oh, pilot, let's swing by oh, Heidelberg and drop in on Oktoberfest. Sweet. Welcome back to the family, boy. Dad, five minutes ago, you hated him. Who are you, my biographer? So, yes, as we can see, this is a dramatic turnaround for the family. They love Santa's Little Helper again because he's making the money. Again, no reason for this to happen just because they need some zigging and zagging in the episode. But there you go. Uh, we then get to see uh, a bit of the Krusty show where Krusty gets hurt. Ha ha. Funny, funny. I, I uh, hear follow- Matt, I'll say this. The mo this the the bit where Krusty gets this weird cactus snake wrapped around him and attacks him. One moment in this episode where I smiled. Oh, that's so cute. I, I smiled one time. It was this. So, well, thank thank goodness for uh, something made you smile, Robbie, and lightened your spirit because it's about to get much much worse. Oh no! Sorry, man. So, all right. Next up, we see Santa's little helpers commercial. Uh, he's on a rocket ship, and there are bikini ladies there. And why? I mean, it's typical beer commercial crap, but it's it's got a dog in it. I mean, this is basically Spuds McKenzie from the Budweiser commercials in the, I think it was mid 90s. I don't remember. Somewhere in there. That's what they're parodying here or attempting to claim as parody. And of course, it makes no sense. Everyone sees it immediately, but no one seems to care. Uh, but, But the family gets paid. Duff is like, here you go. Here are some bundles of cash. That's how they are paid. Sure. Again, everyone is happy. Santa's little helper make them money, made them money, and Santa's little helper is happy because you know the family loves him again. But unfortunately, Santa's little helper's original owner from the dog track comes to claim him. Says, "Oh no, he's my dog!" And obviously, the family say that no, you kicked him out and threw him out on the street. But I guess somehow the news footage uh, is Homer renouncing ownership of the dog, which that's great for Homer. But what about the rest of the family? Bart, Lisa, Marge. None of them can claim ownership of the dog, even though Homer renounced ownership. It's just Homer's ownership that matters here. And why would why would the Greyhound owner get him back at that point? Because he gave up ownership a long time ago. Why would automatically revert to the previous owner? Wouldn't he go to a new owner? The important thing is that says us to the final commercial break and soon we'll be done with this. <laughs> it's 14 minutes and seven seconds. Then. <sighs> yeah, it, it doesn't like. It doesn't make any sense. None of it. It makes any sense at all. Why are we moving on to a new thing? 
Why is it now? Like, it was. Oh, it was. Okay. Well, Sansa Helper, and like, okay, you could maybe spin it. Oh, well, Sansa Helper is going to get back in Homer's Good Races by being this, this, the mascot, by being Suds McDuff, and there'll be conflict there. But that lasts for as long as that commercial lasts. There's a commercial, and then it's over, and then the Greyhound owner guy comes back for the dog and just takes ownership. I'm like, do you just let him? Also, like, I don't care what any one man said to me. It's not like he has a policeman with him or something who's taking it by force. You say no, and you stop him. Mm-hmm. It's like, things just happen, and no one acts like a human. So we come back. Sinless Helper is, I guess, now owned by the Greyhound owner, which we don't even get a name. We don't know his name, Matt. We don't need to, Robbie. It's not important. He's a sleaze bag. That's all we care about. So Sinsley Helper is now on Regis and Kelly. So on a talk show, we get a very bad Regis impersonation that oh, yeah. isn't doesn't <coughs> I wanna repeat, there are no jokes. There's this is a minute long montage, not a single joke. So we get Regis and Kelly. Then we have Sansa Helper on a game show, which I think is like I don't I don't I don't know what game show that is. Uh it doesn't matter. He's on game nope. show help helping a has a contestant with a human. Then we get footage from him at a book signing meaning he wrote a book. I cannot I cannot say this hard enough. These are not jokes. Having a dog do human things is not a joke, guys. I don't. That's not a joke. Jokes have setups, punchlines. You know, a joke is just not like here. Hey, isn't it funny? Look at that dog. He's signing a. He's signing books. Isn't that funny? Aha! Uh-huh. Yes, he's acting like he's a, a person who does things. That's so funny. And and then the fa- and the family's watching this on television. They're watching Sansel Helper, and they have a plan. To get Sam's little helper back. Well, I'm afraid the law is clear, and Dad did renounce all claim to ownership. But I miss him. He was my best friend. <laughs> oh, there, there, boy. I'll help you get him back. He may have been a dirty, stinking coward, but show me a Simpson that isn't. I'm not a coward. All right, you're not a coward. And that's beside the point, because... Look, to get our dog back, we need a plan. A plan, eh? Okay, we'll use a plan. Matt? Yes, Robbie? I cannot overstate how frustrated this made me. This moment. The scene made me while I was watching it. Why is that, Robbie? One. Number one. There's there's sub notes. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of... There's a lot of... There's like five things, I think. One. They mention before this clip how awful the owner is because mm-hmm. he's exploiting Sansa Helper, I guess, put making him go on a talk show or something. They, the Simpsons, were literally just doing the exact same thing. They had Sansa Helper being a commercial. They changed his name. We literally just focused about all that Homer cares about is that he's getting money for this. Mm-hmm. That's that's all Homer cares about. And oh wait, that's all the other guy cares about. Weird. We don't and all. All you have to do is show us a scene with the other guy being mean to Sansa Little Helper. Sansa Little Helper maybe balking at going out in front of cameras. And the guy's like, get out there. Just being a mean guy. Being a mean, going, hey, get out there. All he wants is the money, whereas the family wants their dog back. That's all you have to do. And they kind of have salted the earth with that because the family has been acting like horrible monsters. Uh, as soon as they see the opportunity of money. And now we have Bart just suddenly crying at the drop of, oh, they have my dog. I want my friend back. This episode has, like, Bart's dog gets an F. Focuses heavily. Spends a lot of time showing how Bart and Sansa Helper are best friends. Why he loves his dog. There's no, not a moment spent in this episode showing that. There is, there are minutes spent where Amish people are building treehouses. And the shiftless Mennonites. Let's not forget them. Oh That's yeah, the shiftless Mennonites. So they have a they have a quote unquote plan to get back Sam's little helper. Oh, I didn't get my my other my other moments why I hate this man. Homer screaming at his own daughter right in her face. Oh yes, of course. Ugh. 
Okay. So they have a plan. The first part of this plan is getting Duffman back into his old job. Okay. If you have six liters of blood and your blood is 80% alcohol, how much alcohol do you have? Anyone? Hey, Duffman. Please, I'm not Duffman anymore. Just plain old Barry Duffman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but we need you to be Duffman again so we can get our dog back. But I like it here, helping the less fortunate. It'll be a cold day in hell before I shill beer again. An icy cold, full-bodied, beechwood-aged, amber-hued, day in. Oh, who am I kidding? Where's my trademark headgear? Yeah! You really are Duffman. Then I must be Jesus. Up, up, and away. Yeah! Oh. Stay cool, hopeless drunks. Oh, yeah. Hmm. That's so hilarious. Hmm. A mentally ill person jumps out a window. Ha <laughs> <laughs> I'll say the uh the the offendo the fendometer is pretty low in this episode overall. It's mostly offensive because it's so lazy. That's true. Not really the you know, it's it's not terribly mean. Aside from this moment where some poor homeless person is called a shiftless drunk and jumps out a window because he's mentally ill. Uh, they get Duffman back. I don't know why they need Duffman for this. It's all part of this, some elaborate plan. Um, because we have a big set piece to end the episode. Basically, I'm not entirely sure what's happening. Because Sam's little helper, they're okay, so they're at the beach. Howard K. Duff is there at the beach with a bunch of people and Sam's little helper. Sam's little helper. Is, is this being filmed or is this just some weird publicity stunt? Like, I don't know what's happening. Matt, what's happening? I don't. It's got to be a publicity stunt. That's the best I can think of. I, <laughs> I I just don't know, Robbie. Yeah, I don't. There's. It's just not like so they're having guys jump out of jets, parachute in, present Sansa Hopper with a crown. And that's going to sell beer somehow. I don't know what's going on. Homer, this is and this is the Simpsons plan as far as I understand it. Homer is gonna is out in the ocean, pretending he's drowning, except he's clearly floating on a duff keg. Like it's not hidden. No, no, but it's just just. I mean, you can't really see it under the water most of the time. But maybe that he's just saying he's stuck out there because he can't swim. Okay. Regardless, Homer is drowning. He needs help. Please help. He's yelling to the to the crowd. I do want to say there is an entire crowd of people here. Probably a hundred people. People, humans, right? Humans, they know how to swim, most of them, right? Most of the time? Probably. Okay. So, that's also a public beach, I should say. So, you'd think there'd be a lifeguard somewhere. But Lisa just goes up next to Sansel Hopper and says, Sansel, it's Suds McDuff. That he's the bravest dog around. He can go save Homer. Yep, not a human who has, you know, arms and legs and all kinds of things that would work really well for this. And a brain. And nope, the dog. And, yeah, dog. Sansa is a greyhound. He's going. He's going to dog paddle out to Homer. Pull him. He, he has no strength. What is going on? Like it just is nonsense. These. It. It does not. There's no. There's not a moment of reality in this entire episode. It is just a fever dream. But Sansa Hopper runs up to the water and then quickly realizes, "Oh, I don't. I'm. This is stupid. What am I doing?" And runs away. And now, Matt, like you mentioned earlier. The only thing you remember, there's a shark. This episode wasn't enough of a giant garbage fire of random crap. Now there's a giant shark attacking Homer. (laughs) He's not even that far out. Why is there a (sighs) shark? Okay, there's a shark. Hey, guys, there's a shark. A big, giant, killer, great white shark. Like Jaws. Or even name drops Jaws as the shark's about to attack him. Gets attacked. He Homer gets out of the way, though. Not killed by that giant, terrible shark. The shark accidentally, you know what he does instead of killing Homer, Matt? What's that, Robbie? He bites the, the, the keg of beer. And he gets ah. drunk. You like... Isn't that funny? Drunk shark? Ha! Oh, it's just almost as funny as Santa's little helper being a drunk dog. Ha ha. So the shark is drunk and washes up on shore. Pretty sure it would die if it did that, but who cares? Uh, this this show doesn't, the episode doesn't care. Not clearly about reality. The shark's fine. Yeah. Uh, it is now the new mascot. 
Howard K. Duff has again changed his mind, made the shark the new mascot. And then, oh, okay. Um, there's a shark now, and this episode finally ends. The crowd's going crazy for that shark. Guys want to be him, girls think they can change him. Everyone, say hello to our new mascot, Duff McShark. <laughs> Duff McShark! Duff McShark! Duff McShark! Well, Suds, looks like you're no good to me anymore. Ah, you might as well be with a loving family. <laughs> oh, I missed you so much, boy. It's good to have you back with the Simpsons. I'm sorry I was ever mean to you. Marge, prepare the celebration ham. All we have left are the earthquake ham and the condolence ham. Marge, they're just hams, okay? Well, boy, now that we've got you back, I'm never going to let you go again. Uh-oh, Dad. I think he peed on the rug. <laughs> to me, that says I love you. I think he left a big hug in your lunchbox. Yeah, it's probably that stupid cat. That cat saved your life. What has he done for me lately? He woke you up when you stopped breathing last night. Yeah, but he ate the last can of tuna. Dad, you ate the last can of tuna. Everyone's against me. So Homer is awful. I think is what we're trying to get off with this last little bit here, right? That Homer is a terrible person and everyone's calling him out on it. I don't know, man. I don't know what's happening. The the racetrack owner just gives back sales. The the greyhound owner just greyhound guy. I don't. He doesn't have a name because we don't bother naming him at any point. Just gives back sales helper for no reason because he because he's not making him any money. So he just gives him back. Okay. It makes him seem like a real nice guy. Oh well, you know you're not making me any money, so I'll give you to a loving family instead of you know just tossing him out in the cold or selling him or whatever. I I just. There's no reason for any of this to happen because no one wants any they all they want they what they want changes constantly. By the end it's like, oh we want Sizzle Hubbard back. So we're gonna come up with this contrived, discombobulated, stupid plan, and by the end it has a shark going like there there is no plot in this episode. It's just a bunch of stuff that happens. It's a bunch of stuff. That happens. If I'll say Sizzle Hubbard, you know, I think they just went like, what are the things that could happen involving the dog? What happened to Snowball too? She was a hero, you know, t- nine minutes into this episode, and then she never shows up again. She disappears. I mean, so, she's mentioned in this last little bit here, although they call her a he for some reason. I bounces back and forth. I don't think they actually keep, expect them to like have continuity at, even within the episode, Matt. Come on. Yeah. It's a lot of work. So uh, this episode's terrible. It is very frustrating. Very ups- it really it makes me very angry. It's not very funny. It doesn't have any semblance of a structure at all. It's just random crap happening. A random episode of Family Guy has more structure than this. This has nothing. There's no. It's just a bunch of crap happening more so than usual. Usually, there's they make a semblance of like they like they point out a vague they point out like a vague painting of a plot. There's not even that. It's just things happen. There is treehouse, destruction, regrowth, destruction again. Homer hates Sansa Homer. Homer loves Snowball too. Homer likes Sansa Homer again because now Sansa Homer's hired by Duff. Then Sansa Homer gets taken by the old Greyhound owner and they want him back. And then they go get Duff Man and then. Then it's just a bunch of and thens. That's all this episode is. And then something happens. And then something happens. But why can't it just decide on a simple thing? Like they, like they've done enough plots where a dog gets taken and they need a dog back. God forbid. But at least that's a single thing, and that doesn't become the plot until like five minutes left in the episode. And even then, it's not really the plot because the plot is. Have Homer get rescued by a dog? And have mm-hmm. Duffman... Duffman doesn't... Remember how they went to the shelter to get Duffman back? Right. All that Duffman does at the very end of this episode, Matt, is not rescue Homer. Yep. He's he. They show him for 15 seconds where he says, after Sansel Helper doesn't try and rescue Homer, he could run out and go out through it. He, he also is cowardly and doesn't rescue Homer. That is all the, that's the end of that. That's the extent of Duffman. Why is he there? Why do you go? To, why did you go get Duffman back? If that's all that happens for a like a, a fifteen second gag, not a very good gag, where he's just afraid of water. Like, well, it's a waste. It's all you plot out your episode. 
you have things happen in in an order to set up the things that go on later on. You have call a callback to an earlier moment in your episode. You you have when characters do things, they mean something. It's like I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. This is not hard. Um, this episode's terrible. We'll rank it at the end of the show. <sighs> Matt. Oh, Robbie, is this episode broken? <laughs> Eventually, I won't have to remind you. Eventually, but it just it, uh, there's got to be like a catchphrase or something. I, I guess when you're you know, when you you say I uh, will rank this it, at the end of the episode, that's when I'm supposed to pop in. You should key in on that, Matt. It should be your. I your, should. Uh, it should I have be to your, listen to you, and that's hard. It is. It is hard. I understand that. Uh, yes, this episode absolutely is broken. No, you were right the first time with that quick fix idea. Let's see. Quick fix. Quick fix. Ah. Robbie, I don't think there's any way to fix this episode besides to get rid of it. There's no plot to to fix or tinker with. (laughs) Uh, I mean, how much of the original do we have to keep? I mean, if you really want to fix this as little as you want. (laughs) Okay, because it's about 4%. Because the episode literally, I think it literally has to, it, it starts with a setup where Santa's, well, Harmer hates Santa's little helper for whatever okay. reason. It's just, here's the thing, Matt. Here's the hardest thing that this episode tries to do. One of the many stupid things it tries to do. But I'm going to ask you a question. How much fiction have you consumed where you dislike a dog character? None. Okay. That I recall. I mean, like aside from Cujo, there's like that, like rapid dogs. I think are a different breed altogether. But you know, well, yeah, friendly pets. It doesn't matter if they're stupid. If they do something bad, we want to like them. They're dogs. We want. It's hard. Like people like dogs. Mm-hmm. So when you make this make this whole plot about oh no, the dog didn't save Homer. My my first reaction is not, oh, no, that dog is terrible. It's, well, now I hate Homer because he's being mean to the dog. So there, I don't know what you could possibly do to make it even. Like anything that Sansa Hooper did that would make Homer angry, like they they kind of played both ends against the middle and, and Bart's dog gets an F because it's – Homer and Marge kind of being the bad guys saying we have to get rid of Sansa Helper unless he can pass his obedience course. And so it's Bart versus them versus Sansa Helper's nature to try and get Sansa Helper to pass that course so they can keep the dog. But an episode that's built around, oh, the, the Homer doesn't like Sansa Helper anymore. He's on the outs because he didn't rescue Homer in an incredibly dangerous situation that I would expect I, that people themselves didn't go in and try and save him. Why am I supposed to expect the dog to do it? Like, it's just, re, re, it's completely unreasonable. And at a certain point, what am I fixing? The thing that I'm making is mostly duct tape. There's nothing, the original's gone. Like, once you replace, like, you have a hundred year old wooden rocking chair. Once you replace all the parts after a hundred years, is it still the same rocking chair? So, you can't fix this episode, I don't think. There's nope. no there's no fixing. If you fix it, it's a new episode. I'm just writing a new episode of The Simpsons that might have Sales Little Helper in it. It's not going to bear much resemblance to this because from the get-go, this thing is fatally flawed. Mm-hmm. It's not funny, doesn't have any structure, it's just random crap that they somehow turn into a Simpsons. Like, it literally feels like, well, we need 23 of these things, 22 of them. What do we got? Oh, there's, this is 20 minutes long. It has a, I will also note that this episode has a full full intro. Yes, very much so. Which uh, is usually a sign to me that they're trying to pad it out. Um... There's no fixing this. And I think this might be the first episode that we literally can't fix. Because there's just nothing here. It's just empty. Nothing at all. Nothing, nothing at, at all. all. Nothing at all. All right. We can move on. Finally. Uh, it's time for our next segment. It's time for Comments of the News Group. Okay. Here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments of the News Group is where I comb through the nohomers.net forum. At the time the episode came out, uh, they had a review post. For everyone to post their thoughts. 
I grab the opinions and we talk about it. I don't is am I crazy, Matt? Hmm. I mean, I know I'm crazy, but I'm crazy because I do this every week. But yes, that makes. I feel like this is readily apparent how much nonsense this episode is. Like, I don't feel like I'm a genius for seeing this. No, I think you're just a normal person. And the problem is other people aren't looking for this in their entertainment. They don't want to think about stuff they watch. We talked about that in our bonus episode for last month. We did. We did talk about that. So uh, it's mostly very positive. Uh, the, the majority, which is nearly 37%, gave this a 4 out of 5. And then nearly 35% gave it a 3 out of 5. Uh, there were uh, like 15% gave it a 2 out of 5. So there's that. But also 11% gave it a perfect score. 5 out of 5. Uh, here's I, I, I pulled some for you. Um, got some perfect. I got I pulled a couple of the perfect scores because I really wanted. I tried to I tried to get insight on this man on this on this perspective. First one, one of the best episodes of the season. Great references. The real Duff Man, along with the "I must be Jesus" up up and away joke, movie meta and religious references galore. I want a buggy mobile. This has to be one of the best episodes of season five out of five. Person has lost their mind. Next review. This is one of the best of the season. The animation was wonderful, and the opening scene had me grinning. Bart and Lisa acting like their old selves. When was the last time Lisa did anything that an eight-year-old girl would do? Her having a tea party and playing with a pony doll was great. Everyone is great and in character for once. I love the... Tra- oh, I didn't even, we didn't even mention the train gag. I love the train gag. Oh, the looks on Bart and Homer's faces were priceless. The drunken shark wasn't as bad as everyone says it was either. My only major problem was with Sansa Helper's original owner. He got seriously underdeveloped. First, he comes out of nowhere and takes him back, then gives him back to the Simpsons without a second thought. Not only was he barely in an episode, but he wasn't funny or anything at all. That was really disappointing. Him aside, a solid 5 out of 5 for me. The train gag, where Homer and Bart remove uh, uh, railroad ties... Yes, to get their wood. And then the train does a whole bunch of 360s in midair. It's uh, flies off the tracks, does some aerials, then flies right, lands right perfectly back on the track. Um, This guy, yeah, this person just, you know, all of this terrible thing. I don't like this thing that happened, but no, this is still five out of five. It's a perfect score. Uh, Finally. Right. Pretty uninteresting episode. The beginning reminded me a little of the older episodes. Bart and his friends mess around in the treehouse. Still, it seemed was a bit odd. I found it very strange. Rowan in town started obsessing over the cat. Homer hating the dog was a bit too much like Dog of Death. The scene of Sansa Helper being taken away was similar to when he was taken in the Great Canine Mutiny. Though the emotion in this scene was pretty good. We didn't really, really laugh much at this one. Plot just didn't seem to get, ever get interesting. One of my least favorites of the season, but not horrible. Two or 2.5 out of 5. I mean, I agree with a lot more of that one, at least. Yeah, and there was a lot of. I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pe- penalize the episode too much for having a lot of Sansel Helper stuff in because it. Because it kind of has to for it the ha- purported yeah. plot. But yeah, but it does share a lot of similarities. But maybe just don't do Sansel Helper episodes. It's not that complicated. You've had a lot of them. Uh, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for a listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. Yellow? KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow? Our listener question of the week, this week, is what is your favorite quote from a travel episode? Uh, Lots of great answers. Appreciate everyone who takes the time. First, uh, from Benjamin on our Patreon. Celebrate the independence of your nation by blowing up a small part of it. That's a good one. From Holly, I say, once the sun goes down, all the weirdos turn crazy. A good bit. Uh, from Lauren, well, it's in scratchy land where nothing could possibly go wrong. Uh, possibly go wrong. That's the first thing that's ever gone wrong. Uh, from old Petey Kaya Joey Jojo Jr. Shabadoo Shrub. It's quite a name. Uh, the one used most often in my house is, now remember, we're in the itchy lot. Especially when leaving the car within mile-long parking lot monstrosities. Uh, from Michael, is the answer Japan? <laughs> It's pretty good. Uh, uh, on our Twitter, first for Brian, board ATX. Now remember, we're in the itchy lot. I say this every time we're at Disneyland, my wife might divorce me for it. It's pretty good. Uh, from Abby at Energy Turtle, show them what American butts are made of, son. 
uh, from Neil at After Thief. Homer, trust me, Marsh, with today's modern cars, you can't get lost. With what, with all the silicon chips and such? Later. All right, we're here. Let us never speak of the shortcut again. Uh, from Lauren at El Columbia 88. $900 news. Tobias, do you accept a six-hour collect call from the States? I've grown up calling all my money dollar dues, and I will never change. Mm. Will at Will's Sport MM. I'm in America now. Now I'm in Australia. America. Australia. America. Australia. We don't put up that, that kind of crap in America, sir. Uh, Mitch at Mitch 13. I'm going to report this to me, member of parliament. Oi, Gus, I got something to report to you. It's a bloody outrage, that is. I'm going to take this all the way to the prime minister. Oi, Mr. Prime Minister, Andy! The Andy really puts it over for me. It's it really the, does. The the, oh, he knows it by a first name. Yeah. Uh, Curry at 5 Ford System. You fellas going to buy some wigs, or ain't you? Uh, Wesley at Woosman 316 Ship. A Massachusetts police car pulls up besides Homer. Homer, wow, troopers from every state in New England. Trooper, including Rhode Island. We're a small state, but we give big tickets. Uh, finally, uh, at the Board Gamer, at the Board Gamer. Maybe cliche, but the whole knifey spoony exchange in $900 dues are two I use in real life more than you think. Matt, what is your answer? Mine is, now I'm in America. Now I'm in Australia. Now I'm in America. Wow. Here in America, we don't talk right that kind of crap. Like, thank you, Marine. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Um, I'm kind of... I, I, I think I have to do itchy and scratchy land, and I think I have to... Uh, it's from a travel episode. It's not technically, you know, it's not necessarily, but the with a dry cool wit like that, I could be an action hero. It's yeah, just I just quote it. I just quote it so much. Usually, when I say something terribly unclever. Next week's question: What is your favorite Santa's little helper moment? I'll post this question on Twitter at Simpson Show Pod. You can email us at Simpson Show Pod, or you can post on our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash the Simpson Show. Do not have to support us to comment on the question. Uh, we can move on, Matt, to our next segment. It's time for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean, S-M-A-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge is where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One, easy one, medium one, hard. To try and stump the other, Matt has a two-point lead on me. For the season, we only have like four episodes to go. Give Don't me worry, Robbie. I believe in you. <sighs> Give me an easy question. All right, all, all of your questions today are from Bart Gets Famous. Oh, okay. All right. What late night show does Bart go on to promote his catchphrase? Uh, I'm looking for the host of the late night Conan, show. Conan O'Brien? There you go. It's, yeah, it's uh, the late night show with Conan O'Brien. I was going to say, like, he was on Only I May Dance. Precisely. All right. Your easy question, man. And Bart's dog gets an F. Who destroys Homer's assassins? I believe it'd be Santa's little helper. That is correct. I think this episode's name. Bart gets an F and Bart's dog gets an F. Mm-hmm. That's good. Naming convention that I appreciate. What's my mm. medium question? Your medium question. What are the, or sorry, where are the boxes from the box tour assembled? Oh, God. Uh, are the boxes assembled here? No, they're assembled in, they're assembled some, <sighs> They are assembled in Shelbyville. Oh, I'm sorry. It's Flint, Michigan. Flint, Michigan. Oh, Flint, Michigan. Topical. Uh, your medium question, Matt. How much do assassins cost? Oh, I want to say $179. Sorry, Matt. It's $125. $125. Oh, yeah, that's right. Shoes cost so much less back then. Yeah, it's inflation. Uh, back when $125 for a pair of shoes felt like a lot. Yeah, right. Now it's, oh, yeah, all shoes are 100 bucks. Yeah. Any really nice ones? Yep. What's my hard question? Your hard question. Mayor Quimby's wife makes her first appearance in this episode. What is her first name? Oh, God. She has a first name? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, my wife, if I can do the voice, I can enter, it'll come to me, right? That's how that works. Uh-huh. Or, uh, my wife... What's a what's a like a Kennedy Kennedy Mayor Diamond Joe Quimby and his wife's name is 
Quimby. Uh, Donna. Sorry, it's Martha. Martha. My Why did you say that name? Why did you say that's the joke forevermore. <laughs> Forever. It's so stupid. It's the stupidest. I can't believe the crux of a of this stupid movie. Why did you say that name? My mother's name is Martha. <laughs> Movies are bad, Robbie. I don't know if you knew that. I know it's really stupid. All right, your hard question, Matt. What okay. magazines are visible when Homer goes to the newsstand for Lisa? There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of them. Oh, God. I will give you partial credit if you do particularly well. Okay. Uh, well, the ones he gets, I don't know if they're visible, are like Teen Screen, Teen Scream, Teen Dream, and I have no idea. You've asked me this before, and I just, I got nothing. We have, there's Teen Scream. Teen, she asked for the. She asked for three of them. She asked for right. Teen Scream, Teen Dream, and Teen Steam, which are all there. And then Steam, that's what it was. And then the other other ones visible are Teen Spleen, God, Teen Beam, Teen Scheme, Scheme, and finally Teen Stars. I guess they ran out of things that rhymed. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. How many of these guys are named Corey? Eight. It's <laughs> a lot of Corys. Uh, we both only got one point today, and I'm still put two points behind Matt, unfortunately. Couldn't come up with Martha. Yep. Why did you say that? <laughs> it's like a... I'm so glad I can make you laugh after this terrible episode, it's, a, it's such a joke. That's... Yeah, Batman v Superman makes me laugh. That's the... the I just as long as, as long as I don't have to watch it, it makes me laugh. If I have to watch, if I had to watch it, I would be miserable. Um... Uh, Matt's two points on me. We're gonna, I'm gonna try and keep keep it close at least until the end of the end of the season. We can move on to our final segment, the segment we end every single episode with. It is time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part of the show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. Okay, uh, this episode is very very bad. Mm-hmm. It is uh, just a loose collection of scenes. Some most having something to do with Sansa Helper, but none of them. They don't really have any connection. To, but there's no there's no connective tissue between any of anything that happens in this episode. It's just stuff. Um, is it better or worse than the Frying Game? Ooh, uh, this this has no plot. But then again, neither does the frying game, really. Um, oh, that's tough. I think it goes below Sweetest Epu, like you said, or implied, I guess, uh, because at least Sweetest Epu had a plot, even though it was ridiculous. The frying game. Um, I'm going to say this goes below the frying game. No. Yeah, yes. Below the frying game, just because everyone in the frying game at least kind of acted like themselves. It was just kind of a horrible like mid not misunderstanding part like the simpsons were being tricked the entire time it was just goofy this just has no reason to exist it's just hurtful is it better or worse than missionary impossible better i think missionary impossible is where we start getting into our actually offensively bad ones and this one was for the most part not offensively bad it's nonsensically bad yes but not offensively so Splitting those hairs, finer and finer every day. That's fine with me, Matt. It's this episode's terrible. It's in the it's in the trash pile at the bottom. It's in the garbage fire. Uh, it's where it belongs. So that puts old Yeller Belly, new number two eighty eight on our list, right below the frying game, right above Missionary Impossible. Um, not quite at the bottom, but it got really close. It seems like this is where we're at. Every week, we are just. Season 14 might end up being worse than any of the Scully years, which is something I was not expecting. Yeah, I really thought it would get better faster. In the bottom 20, there's more 14s than anything. Whew. Okay. Uh, our next episode is Break My Wife, Please. I don't remember. I, I think it involves driving, but it hurts. Homer, Marge runs over Homer after 
Homer loses his license. Oh yeah, and there's question over whether she did intentionally or something like that. I... Mm-hmm. This also has your favorite character, Matt, Judge Constance Harm. <sighs> okay. Returns. Uh, we'll talk about that next week. Uh, you can suffer along with us if you'd like. Steve Buscemi's, <laughs> Steve Buscemi's in it, so there's that. I like Steve Buscemi. Um, uh, what am I doing? Plugs. Remembering all my plugs. Mm-hmm. Before we go. Before we go, you can find the show on, uh, online on at Twitter, at The Simpsons Show. Simps- no, at The Simpsons... What am, I can't... The Simpsons Show Pod. That's our Twitter. Why can't I remember things? Is at Simpsons Show Pod. God, I'm having trouble today. At tw- on Twitter at Simpsons Show Pod. You can email Simpsons at gmail.com. You can go to our website, which is the Simpsons Has links to all that stuff along with our Patreon. You can find me online on Twitter at Rob Dorman, or you go to my website, which is RobbyDorman.com. Has links to all my other podcasts and my uh, per- links to purchase my novels, including my newest novel. Uh, the Split Circle, horror mystery uh, set in a small Eastern European town involving cults and soccer. Soccer death cults. That's what I... You heard a long... You probably heard a big thing before this episode even started, so I'm not going to go into more detail about it. But I appreciate if you check it out. Matt does I mean, not, death cults and soccer go together like chocolate and peanut butter. You got peanut butter in my chocolate. You got death cult in my soccer. Exactly. Uh, Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. Uh, that's true. During this quarantine, I have decided the only thing I'm going to trust is my dreams because that's that's all I'm getting from the outside world anymore. So unless you're some kind of, uh, you know, weird shaman from thousands of years ago, you're out of luck. Sorry. With that, folks, we'll call it a day. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. And keep watching this episode. Shh.